0: Settle up your horses! Well, welcome, everyone, to the Robin Walter Show, part of the Red Sky Radio Ministries. God bless you this Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, It's not often that I do a Thanksgiving-focused program, but today is going to be that exception. And I just felt as though God had shown me some things that I really hadn't considered before, given... um, What's going on, what the future holds, and all of that. And it seemed as though that when things don't go well is the time that you do need to begin to think about praising God more and thanking Him more. Not for all the bad stuff that's going on, obviously, but we'll cover what you thank Him for. And I don't know about you, but I can speak to myself that for myself. That when things are going extremely well, I I will thank God, but it's more of a passing thought, it seems to be. And uh, after a while, anyway, I mean, initially, yes, but if things continue to go particularly well for an extended period of time, the human nature of me has me thanking God less for it. He knows that, I think, about us, that, that given enough time of things... Uh, going well and being highly favored, so to speak, for an extended period of time, we can begin either to forget him or to think that maybe we actually had something to do with our own success. And but on the other hand, when things do not go well, what do we do? Do we praise God? Well, no. Most of the time, we're questioning God. God, what's going on here? Why is this happening? Why are you letting this happen? Why are people doing this to me or saying this about me or my family? Why is this happening to our country? Why are are we being sold down the river? Why does it seem like the enemy has just taken over and is in complete control? Well, those are the times that actually we need to be thanking God the most. As I said, not for what's happening, but in spite of what's happening. That we need to thank him and praise him. So, I I am going to title this program because this is sort of my blend of contemporary issues and uh, scripture, and I'm going to call it Thanksgiving in the last days. I don't know how far into the last days we are, but I know that we were closer. We're closer than we were yesterday, <laughs> and yesterday was closer than last week. And we sort of see it. I see it getting ramped up in certain ministries on the air that are talking more and more about the alleged pre-trib rapture, which it does not exist, but nonetheless seemingly wanting to address congregations and groups of people who are increasingly turning into bands of nervous Nellies in light of what's happening finding it almost impossible to give thanks in the present time because they see what's going. In fact, they're back to the stage of doubting God. Why Why hasn't Jesus come in? Why hasn't he lifted us out of here yet? Well, it's going to be a long wait, and there's a lot of lessons and, and uh, the theology to learn, apparently, for those individuals who think we just get a quick and easy airlift out of here just in the nick of time before things totally collapse, totally bogus, not true at all. And I want to share something here because we I've eliminated the solicitation in the middle of this program today. I, I want there to be as little interruption as all. I have about, gosh, I don't know, without or exactly – but i'm going to say i have at least 25 books of the rapture revisited finally a lawyer takes a look at end time events that i am going to give away i think god ministered this to me earlier today for frankly the first 25 that write me and they can reach me the robin walter show at gmail.com and I don't care if you've gotten this book before, because if you got it before, you paid for it. And I thank you for that. Every dime goes into ministry. Everything goes into the production of airtime. I don't take a stinking cent from it. I even buy my own stamps to send out the books. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying what you gave in the to get the book went into the Red Sky Radio coffers to fund fund programming you are not omitted or prohibited from being one of those first 25 that write. I will send it out, postage paid. God has instructed me lately that for the copies that I have of this book, time is short. It is extremely short, and that I am supposed to distribute the remaining books of this production as soon as possible, as simply part of ministry. I've given some to some uh, ministers in California, Distribute in Missouri. I will give more as long as I have these. When these run out, then what's available is an updated version, which is so minorly updated, you will not see but maybe one page total difference out of 200 pages. But it does have a new cover, which I love, and it's available on Amazon.com. And there you pay for it. Um, and again, whatever is left after Amazon takes its 800-pound gorilla bite out of it, whatever it is, whatever's left goes into ministry. But it has a new cover, which I particularly like. But remember, there's a lot of rapture-related and revisited-related titles on Amazon. You want rapture-revisited, finally, a Lawyer Takes a Look at End Time Events, and you will see a new cover, if those of you who have gotten the book before and his previous uh, ed- edition, but it's my hand reaching down to, to pull my Bible as though oh, I'm drawing a gun, but I'm pulling it and drawing it out of a Bible holster because that's where in the times that we are in. So the question comes down to what is Thanksgiving in the last days. And in preparing for this program, I it just seemed like the Holy Spirit took me to three places looking at Thanksgiving. And I know you've all heard a gazillion messages about Thanksgiving. This is not like any of them. I can tell you that for a fact. And I see Thanksgiving coming in three types Three phases or three iterations, if you will. And I'm going to just start with one, the easy one, which is the traditional Thanksgiving. Nothing wrong with this form of Thanksgiving. It's what most of us grew up with, it's what most of us know, it's what most people who don't even know the Lord will exercise because what are they thanking? What are they thankful for? They aren't thankful to God necessarily, they're just saying, I'm thankful for my family, I'm thankful that I have a job, I'm thankful that I have a car, I'm thankful that I can afford the price of gas. All things to legitimately to be thankful for, but not necessarily thankful to God for those things. But I want to confine this program to a Christian Thanksgiving, and the three phases of Christian Thanksgiving. And there is a traditional Christian Thanksgiving, which is just simply meaning that we are thankful for what God has done. Past tense. It may draw upon the Mayflower Compact and the first Thanksgiving in 16... What was it? I think 1620? I think Um, I could have that date wrong. I'm just going to... Pulling from memory here, something God did, past tense, brought the pilgrims safely over from Europe. Um, Christmas is a traditional thanksgiving, if you will, because what are we thanking God for? We're thanking him for something he has done, past tense, once again, the birth of Jesus. Easter. is is a form of thanksgiving, but again, it's kind of this phase one. It's thankful for what God has done, past tense, in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, true, we can and should be thankful for that every day, but we tend to put it in, I wouldn't say the rear view mirror, but it's what he has done. I mean, on Easter, we thank, we thank the Lord for Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his impartation of the Holy Spirit into us who believe. But it's largely couched in what has been done. It's sort of the historical view of Easter is what most Christians think about when they think of Easter. But it is a thanksgiving, legitimate, good, but that's number one. Thanksgiving part two would not relate to what God has done, but it would be what God is doing. So this is a Thanksgiving that brings us from past events into our present time. What is God doing? There were, and, and this can relate to various moves of the Holy Spirit. Throughout the history of the church, whether it is Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the upper room, whether it is the Azusa Street revival and what God did, Uh, I mean, at that time, the Thanksgiving at Azusa Street was for what God was doing at that time. The Thanksgiving at Pentecost was what God was doing at that time. It was thanksgiving in the moment, I guess is how people would say it today. Thanksgiving in the present. Nothing wrong with it. Absolutely where it, things should be and what the Lord has done. It, short, it sort of shapes the space within which we are functioning at the time. I mean, my thanksgiving when I got saved and for a period of time was entirely focused on what God was doing at that time, shaping my present with what he had done presently. And so uh, in that context, there are many scriptures which deal with what the Lord has done, but more to the fact of what he is doing, what he was doing when the scriptures were written, and those scriptures apply to us today. And so it's what is he doing today? What is what is the Lord doing for us today that we would be thankful for in this present moment, which relates to, of course, uh, the New Testament passages, which I want to read just a few of them, if I may. Well, I'm I, I'm sorry. You probably noticed a little bit of a kind of an odd break in the in the action there. And I had a spy. <laughs> I had a spider that crawled up the back of my neck, and I flicked him, and he landed on the computer screen. And uh, well, anyway, it doesn't really matter. Spiders are not an issue with me. Uh, I I just. And I've my wife; she's standing on the kitchen table uh, when there's a spider. Snakes, she's okay with. I'm not so great with snakes. Anyway, so as I'm flicking him off, and then I see that it's a spider, and then I I, I take him out. I did I did uh, ice him here. <clears throat> you know, I started to think, well, wh- what what is there to be thankful for spiders about? Talking about being in the moment, this is the very moment to teach on being in the moment with Thanksgiving. And people say, why on earth do we have spiders? Well, I will tell you, I'd like it first of all, I'm not an anti-spider guy. Uh, I think tarantulas are kind of cool, actually, or, but whatever. Well, why would we be thankful for That's just what I thought of. Well, I'll tell you why. Because one thing I really do hate, I hate more than snakes or flies. The fly that buzzes around your head, seemingly sent from hell to solely to harass me. There doesn't have to be a dozen flies. There just needs to be one that's just dogged in his determination to upset me or distract me. Who takes out flies? Spiders. Spiders with their webs. They take Charlotte's web. Well... Anyway, she was catching flies, right? In Charlotte's Web. So I'm thankful for spiders. Praise God for spiders. Even the ones that crawl on my back. I'm sorry. Now I'm feeling badly for killing it. But but the fact is, Scripture talks and speaks a lot about giving thanks in the present for the present. This is part number two. And I'm just going to give you a few passages. If you got a paper and pen, you might want to write them down first uh, Thessalonians 5:18 and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Give thanks that is a present command doesn't say give thanks in the future doesn't say give thanks for what happened in the past though we that's nothing wrong with that but this passage is dealing with the present moment. Philippians I'm sorry not Philippians that's the wrong one. Um, Psalm 107.1. Oh, give thanks, present tense, unto the Lord, for he is good, not was good, not will be good. Well, he was and he is, God the same, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. But these passages are written for us to be able in the present time, in the present affliction, if you will, in these last days, To be giving thanks in the present tense, for he is good. Psalm 717, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Ephesians 520, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's in the present tense. James 117, for every good gift and every perfect gift is, not was or will be, is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I love this passage. And honestly, um, I'm fatiguing of hearing pastors with messages from other Bibles and jumping around to different translations, none of which they can memorize. Do you know what? I have yet, honestly, I've been around a lot of preachers for a lot of years, and I've yet to hear one who has committed a whole bunch of the NIV to memory. The only ones I ever seem to hear, I'm sure some have, but I don't hear them. I don't hear anybody um, quoting from the Message Bible by memory, from the Amplified Bible, from the NIV. No, maybe some from the New King James, but only where the New King James is exactly like the original King James. Well, anyway, I love this passage because of all the people who will say that, you know, what's God doing now? Well, it's the same thing he's been doing forever. He hasn't changed because there is no changing the Father of Lights. There's no variableness, no shadow of turning. He still honors those who honor him. He still meets out the punishments and the judgments where due. Nothing has changed. That's something to be thankful for right there. Let me just ask you this question Would you at the dinner table on Thanksgiving? be cognizant of and thankful for the laws that we have had that haven't been changed yet. That we can still do this, and we can still do that. Because so much of our law is rooted in Scripture, for which with the Father there's no shadow of turning, there's no variableness. I am extremely thankful for certain things that do not change. The Word of God does not change. People try to change it. People try to take passages out. Mostly these days, I can only say that's quite obvious as it relates to everything homosexual. And to some extent, with abortion, nobody wants to talk about the 20-some passages that talk about how precious life is in the womb. How sinful sodomy is and homosexuality is and that homosexuals don't go to heaven, they don't. They're going to change. Along with drunkards and all those who, purvey, who who are pervasive in life with continuing that lifestyle, they don't go. You need to look at 1 Corinthians 11. We'll explain that. That's not. but I'm thankful that this doesn't change. I'm thankful that the word doesn't accommodate abortion. I'm thankful that the word does not accommodate sodomy, homosexual sex and grooming and all of this stuff. I'm thankful that God doesn't change. Because if he changes, how are how on earth are you and I supposed to keep up with him? How on earth can we know what to do if God changed? Well, that's why among these things it says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. We are to be thankful in all of the ways in which he doesn't change. Now as to things that do change, what are those things that we are to be thankful for that do change? You, I, us, we, we change. We are the changes that are to come into conformance with the image of Christ, coming into the perfection of, of what God has called us to be. He sees us as sanctified, the end product, and yet at the same time, we need sanctification. Here's what I need to do for you to be all that I see you as right now in the finished product. Pretty cool, huh? Colossians 3.15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, present tense, to the which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Present tense. Oh, my gosh. I have to tell you that in the moment, a couple of nights ago, the peace of God just flooded my soul. with And how thankful I was. There is nothing, I, nothing to compare with it. I don't care. I mean, yes, I do care. I do care who's president. I do care who's on the Supreme Court. You, you know me. You know this program. This is a leopard who's not going to get rid of these spots. These stripes are painted into my DNA. But I will have to tell you what gives me great comfort and for which I'm exceedingly abundantly thankful is the peace of God. I had something yesterday. I had a five-year-old grandson with me. And he says, Papa, why are you turning around? I did a U-turn in my car because God spoke to me to go do something that I didn't do when I drove past this particular place in the road I went back and took care of something that he laid on my heart. That's all I need to share with you. But I want to tell you, I was so, I had such peace after I did what he did. And what do I do with that peace? I thank God for that peace. Oh, my, I thank him for that peace. So that was Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body to be ye thankful. Hebrews 13:15 By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name As I said not praise for what's happening not thankful for everything that's happening but thankful that that God's got it that he's got it in control doesn't mean we don't have to do things I told a party actually rather sternly, earlier today. And so I was, I've got it in prayer. I said, you know what? Your prayer is deader than a doornail if you don't do something about it and act on it because faith without works is dead. Absolutely dead. Don't tell me about your your prayer life if you don't have works that are companion to your prayers. Otherwise, that faith isn't worth jack. Read the book of James. It could not be more clear, abundantly clear. Faith without works is dead. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now, thanks be unto God. Do you think this is in the moment? Well, the passage starts out with now. I think that's our first clue that he's talking about now, when it starts out with now. Thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place the savor that sweet taste in our which would normally be in our mouth but the sweet taste of knowledge in every place that God will cause us to triumph colossians 3:17 Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 4, verse 2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. All present commands... Psalm sixty-nine, thirty: I will praise the name of God with song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Now, it says I will, meaning future tense, but the context meaning here is this is I will, meaning this is what I do all the time. <clears throat> Got it? First Chronicles 16, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, present tense, for he is, not was, not will be, He was good, he will be good, but for he is, present tense, good, for his mercy endures forever. 2 Corinthians 4.15, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. The thanksgiving of many. 1 Chronicles 16.8, Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Now we're talking works in companion to your faith. Making known his deeds among the people. I was in a prayer the other day, um, I was not able, I did not have the opportunity to complete it. It saddened me because I was not able to complete the prayer, but I wanted to say to this individual. And speak some healing verses to him. That if he's in, if he's healed, he has the faith to be healed, and God heals him. That faith is not complete without works. And what would the works be? Go tell everybody. Go tell it on a mountain. Go tell everybody about the great things God has done for you, as it says here in First Chronicles sixteen eight. Make known his deeds among the people. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So you see that in this present tense or present phase, this is kind of phase two of thanksgiving, it deals with what the Lord is doing presently. And I mean and and Jesus I mean when he healed somebody in the present tense it was he didn't say you know what um well you know what I'll, you'll be healed in a couple of years from this word mark this day no you know go go wash which was basically present tense uh you know the um tell and and tell people when and when he healed people what did he say tell people what great deed has been done. Go make your offering at the temple. Tell tell people what has been done to you and give thanks for it. Paul ministered with signs and wonders. People were thankful in the present when Peter's shadow passed by. Now, Scripture doesn't actually say that the people were healed when Peter's shadow passed by. It does not say that. But it said that they were hoping that is, even if his shadow passed by, they would be healed. Well, it's sort of like Jesus with a woman with issue of blood. Thy faith is will make you whole. And she said, if I could just but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. <clears throat> That's not the normal path, we would say, to healing. But I would guess that they had that same kind of faith as that woman with the issue of blood if Peter passed by. Uh, even if it had a shadow passing over them, they would be healed, and they would go and tell people. It's how the gospel was spread, not through just the word, but the works. The works prime the pump. When people are healed from lameness, from blindness, from from uh, the issue of blood, whatever that was, and all sorts of diseases and injuries and maladies. Do you think at that point now they are ready to hear the word of God? Yes, of course they are. Now, some get saved without those miracles, but some get saved because of the miracles. Whoever did them has now been qualified and has been, uh, let's say, found worthy to be listened to, And they do. So, there you go. Now, the tough part. Stage three of thanksgiving. We've talked about thanksgiving for what God has done, for what God is doing, and all those Scripture passes. Now comes a tougher part. The thanksgiving for what God will do, especially in these particular times. Now, there are some passages, and I want to just touch on these real quickly, about what God will do in the future, but as it relates to us just very personally. I mean, for example, uh, and I'll just, I'll just give you one. I don't need to give you a bunch to make the point. But go to Mark 11, verse 23. Well, starting in verse 22, Jesus says, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever, he says. Shall. he? I mean, I don't know if it's a minute. I don't know if it's five minutes. I don't know if it's a week, a year, a day. I don't know. But he shall. You're kind of living in the shell. What shall come to pass? Now, this thanksgiving is twofold because there's a thanksgiving in the present for what God is going to do in the future. I mean, the shell. And And trust me, when the manifestation arises, there's a whole lot more thanksgiving, praise and thanksgiving. But it doesn't stop there goes on to say in verse 24, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. That would be a point of thanksgiving. And you shall have them. So the thanksgiving is present, but it precedes the manifestation for the thanksgiving about what will happen, what will manifest, what shall happen. What shall occur? So this is sort of in the personal ministry area. This is thanking the Lord in for what is happening, but it but it clearly leads to also thanking Him for what He is going to do when it's manifested. And I've had those times. Certainly, have not had a hundred percent success. Maybe not fifty. Maybe not twenty five. But there have been enough times that I have thanked the Lord for something that I did not feel well. I was, uh, there was nothing there to be thankful for in the natural. But I thanked him for what he was going to do. And I thanked him for the future, knowing that whether it was in a short time or a bit distant, that I was already thanking him for what he will do what he has done, but what he will manifest in the future. So I hope that makes sense. But that's not the thanksgiving in the last days that I want to discuss. And so in the last days, which it would be difficult to imagine that we are not in those last days to some extent. That's why all these people are running around trying to brush up on the pre-trib rapture which is an utter waste of time. Again, if you tuned in late, I wanted to say that if you write to me, Robin Walter show at gmail.com, the first 25 people I'm going to send out free. And this is, this includes those who've already received the book, already paid for the book. I'm going to send it out free. No solicitation. If you write to me, but you do need to give me an address and I will pay the postage and handling. Because God has told me to get this book out. And to that point, I want to read a snippet from the book that deals with the end times. And and let me, this is sort of an intro to being thankful in the last days. So I want to re- just read a little snippet here from chapter 20 in the book. It says, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 13, that those who endure to the end shall be saved. He was clearly not talking about physical salvation, since enduring to the end implies until one is called home. Logically, you are not saved physically when you die. Quite the opposite. So we are talking about a spiritual salvation that can only, from the context of that verse, be read to mean that if we don't turn our back on him or deny him, we will be saved. So let me go back and read what this passage said. Those who endure to the end shall be saved. The the converse of that is that, of course, those who don't endure to the end will not be saved. they throw in the towel, they won't be saved. But the fact is, this is a passage for which we can and should be thankful in a time of tribulation in a time of challenges that are growing in ways the likes of which we have may have never experienced in our life, likely never will, looking at what's going on. Can we be thankful for Matthew 24, 13? Yes. Father, thank you that your word has made a promise that if I endure to the end, I shall be saved. That's something to be thankful for. I'll help me endure. Well, He he will do that which we will read about, I think, if we have time. So if we don't turn our back on him or deny him, we will be saved. Now, some might even say maintain our salvation, but however you want to cut that, uh, you decide. But this is of paramount importance. But not only to us, but to others, other people that we are around and that we influence. Second Corinthians one four states that it's the Lord who comforts us, in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort others. You see, so the good news and something to be thankful for here is that there are those people, those who are going to be thankful for the fact that the end is promised if we endure, if we don't turn our back, if we don't cave, if we don't take the mark of the beast, if we don't deny him. And that testimony then becomes a comfort to others to help them endure. So suppose that in the course of enduring tribulation, the demand is put forth to a person requiring that he or she recant their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior if he or she wants to live. All the questions regarding one, whether one can throw away their salvation or whether they were ever really saved become instantly meaningless. For if they deny Jesus Christ as Lord, they are done. Jesus meant no words in Matthew ten thirty two and 33, where he said, Whoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. For even Judas, upon realizing the error of his ways, could not come back over the threshold he had crossed. So since the word is clear that there is no other name under heaven whereby man can be saved than the name of Jesus, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have the Father. All right, If you don't have the Father, you don't have the Father's home. Hell waits. If you worship the beast at all, it's over. If you take the mark of the beast, it's over. If you deny Jesus Christ in the context of swearing allegiance and worship to the beast, it's over. So people can argue all day long about what spiritual state precipitates or precedes a denial, but it really doesn't matter. If you deny Jesus at that point, and it's part and parcel of changing allegiance to the beast, you've just lost your life. Now, I find this very encouraging because it tells me what I have to do to endure, And if my life goes up in smoke in the process of enduring, it's just an early promotion. That's all that it is. It's an early promotion if I endure to the end. So I can be thankful, thankful right now for in these last days that the Lord has made it very, very, very clear as to what will cost me my spiritual life and what will not. Can I be thankful, as hard as it may sound, may can I be thankful that God has made it incredibly clear to me so there's no ambiguity, so I don't have to wonder about this or that? Of course I'm thankful for it. I mean, did not the Holy Spirit, speaking through Paul in Romans um, 8, 18 say that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us now this is being thankful for the future we know that he's th- he's going to he's going to keep us if we keep him these sufferings are no big deal as bad as they seem to be as awful, we wondering, how are we going to get through this? Just keep in mind, they're nothing. They are nothing compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. And I can be thankful for that word in these last days. You know, it seems far too seldom these days that we are reminded of the fact that there really is a heaven and a hell. Um, But before anybody would conclude that enduring a tribulation may be too much for them, it would be inspiring and comforting to refresh ourselves on what we are fighting for and why the battle is worth whatever is required. Here's what you can be thankful for in the last days as it relates to what lies ahead. Well, lays or lies, I'm sorry, I forgot which one's correct. I hear my mother talking. I just can't quite understand what she's saying. She used to scold me on that one. But this is what awaits if you endure to the end. This is what awaits if you confess the name of Jesus and don't deny him. This is what makes all and any bit of suffering all worthwhile and for which we can be thankful for the future. And why can we be thankful for the last being in the last days? Because that means we're pretty darn close to the end. We can be thankful that we're close to the end. Listen to this. Revelation 21.4 says, That God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death. Hallelujah! Neither sorrow, nor crying, Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away; they're gone. Now think about that for a moment. Really, just uh, as a dear friend of mine who's gone home to be with the Lord, he used to like he liked to say, "I I think I just want to I want to cogitate on that." and And the only other person that I have ever heard use the word cogitate is Bugs Bunny. Eh, I want to cogitate on that. But you would say the only one who would ever use that word besides his dear friend. Think about that. No death. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to never have to go to another funeral, including your own? Wouldn't it be nice to never have to say goodbye? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to leave home not wonder if you'll ever see your spouse again, your children again, your friends. You know, people say that God prepares us for death, and I suppose that he does, and I suppose that he must. However, the longer that I live, the more it seems that he does so by preparing us for a new life, that we can be thankful for this new life that awaits us. I just got to throw out something here. It doesn't really have anything to do with what I'm saying, but I'm just... I think I've done seven or eight funerals now. And in one sense, I like funerals because it's one place where people come in touch with their mortality. I've done one wedding. It was fun, but nobody got saved. Nobody gets reached at a wedding. They can get reached at a funeral and they have to face their mortality because someone that they know and love died. But I want to share what I really have just come to so dislike. If you've held these, please don't feel like I'm condemning you or putting you down. I don't want you to feel badly, but I cannot stand calling it a celebration of life when somebody we know and loved and saved is dead. No way, Jose, is it a celebration of life. The only one who's celebrating life is the one who, Who's dead? We aren't celebrating it. It's just a—it's an easy cover to try to deal with the pain by celebrating his life and talking about all the fun things he did and nice things. And well, that's fine. But we should mourn. The death for the living is not a joyous thing. Death for those who know Jesus Christ is an enormously joyous event. But for the for the for the living, I mean, goodness sakes, I mean think about this for a second. Jacob, the, the Egyptians despise the Jews, just despised them. They wouldn't eat with them, they, that's why the Jews got the land of Goshen, because the Egyptians didn't want the Jews mixing with them. But Jacob, a Jew, dies, and who mourns for Jacob? Well, all of Israel. But all of Egypt mourned. And how long did they mourn? 20 minutes, 30 minutes, a day or two? 70 days they mourned. For somebody they they actually rather despised from a racial standpoint. I just don't like it. I think you should be a whole lot of shedding of tears. Because until you can get past the mourning, I don't think you get to the real joy. I don't know. Sorry, I went afield on this thing, that one, but that's uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Let's so go back to where I was what I was just saying that I think I think I'd said that the longer I live, the more it seems like that Jesus prepares us uh, for death by preparing us for a new life. that's that's more what we want. He fuels the growing desire and longing to move on, which is not death, but rather actually the true fullness of life, right? I mean, we want more life, right? But I don't know that we necessarily want more of this life and all that's going on. I mean, the more uh, older people that I talk to, I'm hearing more people say, you know what, I'm ready to get out of here. I understand that. I mean, increasingly so, not when I was younger. The older I get, the more I, I grasp that concept because we start to see the travail upon the earth, the things that don't change, the cycles of sin and all of those things. And, you know, if we're not out saving people, our time is a waste. But we want more of life. We just don't want more of this life. Now, what I read to you from Revelation, what we can be thankful for, Thankful not for what we're doing now, although there's a lot to be thankful for, for all the verses I read, but thankful for what's coming in Revelation 24 about God wiping away every tear and no more sorrow and crying. Let's just put this in, in human terms. Just consider there's no more sorrow, there's no more crying, right? We've read that's from, but this means no more bad news, there's no more heartaches. No more bankruptcies. No more kids in jail. No more grandkids in jail. No more neighbors' kids and grandkids in jail. No more people in hospitals. And goodness sakes, after this late the COVID debacle and this the Ministry of Truth out of Washington, which has been nothing but lies and deception. I don't want to see a hospital again. No more divorces. Is there anybody out there who can give a shout out to that? No more divorces? How about no more cancer? No more psoriasis? None of that kind of ugly, itchy stuff. No more fibromyalgia. No more strokes. No more heart disease. No more blindness. No more deafness. No more back pain. No more diabetes. No more migraines. You women out there? I mean, I guess men get migraine. I've never heard of a guy getting a migraine, but I guess they can. I only hear of women getting them. Does that, does that tickle your fancy? No more migraines? You think you have something in the future to be thankful for what's coming? No more rotator cuff problems. <laughs> now, you're probably thinking, eh, I bet... Uh, Rob is talking about himself. You're pretty darn good, because I am, because I've had two of those. Guess what? No more abortion. No more child molestation. No more homosexuals committing sodomy and grooming little children for their debased practices on earth. No. There aren't those practicing homosexuality in heaven, it's sin. No more drugs. No more pornography. No more robberies. No more murders. No more lawsuits. And hey, I'm a lawyer. That's how I made my living. I don't want to make my living in the future with lawsuits. No. It says that God shall wipe away from our eyes or shall all those things that there's no more of None of those things. The former things have passed away. So what has, just think of all the things that, it, God said there'd be no more sorrow. Sorrow is just, you know, I've done enough estate planning to see the sorrow in people's eyes about the waywardness of their children. I've asked them, I said, well, what do you want? So well, I just want my children to be squared away. I want them to come to the truth. It's from a passage from the epistles of John. There's no greater joy than to see your children walk in the light or the walk in the truth. It causes sorrow. And sorrow is probably the worst of all the things that I just read. Sorrow. Because it seems to be the sum total of everything that's wrong or that we've done wrong. Think of all the things that cause sorrow, and anguish, and pain, and anger, and then just eliminate them. What are the former things that have passed away? The sum of sorrow is comprised of its individual parts, fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, envy, jealousy, Pride, arrogance, lust, hatred, covetous, covetousness, I guess it would be. Do you get the idea? I would hope you do. Because you see that what lies ahead, while we may be looking at the present and the natural, uh, we are thankful for certain things that relate to the present moment of thankfulness, but looking down the road... People got the heebie-jeebies. I understand that. The nervous Nellies are out there. How are we going to make this? People will cower. People will compromise. When I'm back to programs as usual next week, you're going to hear about it big time. But the fact of the matter is, what really lies ahead for us and for which we should be thankful are all the things that are the result and consequence of sin that are gone. And all the things that cause sorrow and pain and anxiety that are gone. And we are in a joyous world where all those things are are not there. The people who indulged in those things and never changed and never gave their heart over to Jesus Christ, they're not there. And I'm thankful. I don't want them to go to hell. But if they're going to go to, I don't want a hellish spirit brought into heaven, God's not going to allow that. So this Thanksgiving, I want you, even though most people won't be hearing this program until after Thanksgiving, but I want you to consider three things. The things that we are thankful for, for what God has done in the past. The things that God is doing and for which we are thankful now in the present, which is the bulk of Scripture. The bulk of Scripture is not what He's done in the past or what He's going to do in the future. The bulk of it is what He's doing in the present, but also what He is going to do in the future. When we descend with Jesus and the angels and and the foe is vanquished and the armies that are against God are destroyed... And we go on to life eternal with Jesus Christ our Lord. God bless you all. Happy Thanksgiving. Sit fall well on the saddle and remember you ride for the brand, brand of Jesus Christ.